everyone, and welcome to Dallas Hoops FanCast, a podcast for Mavs fans. I'm your host, Sydney. I'm here with my co-host, Martin. Hey, guys. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore Sydney Myers. You can follow the show on Twitter at Dallas HoopsCast. And now you can listen to new episodes and read exclusive articles at DallasHoopsCast.com. And that's it. You shortened it. I think that's the shortest one that I've ever done. Cool. Let's keep that as our But model. also, a pretty cool thing that we added to the site. Oh. If you go to... <laughs> so that wasn't the end of it. <laughs> if you go to DallasHoopsCast.com slash shop, you can begin shopping for Mavs apparel and game tickets. It's actually pretty cool. We're affiliate partners of Fanatics.com and TicketNetwork.com. So this is one way that we can keep the site ad-free by... Uh, when you buy using our links, we get a commission when you use that money to to keep the site going. So honestly, we're probably going to keep the site ad-free. We're going to keep everything ad-free just because we hate ads. But um, it's pretty cool. You can go there to buy merchandise or tickets. It's a good place to start. Yep. And that's that's it. All right. Okay. Let's do this. So let's get started with the episode. Um, the Mavericks are going to win the championship <laughs> because yeah. they blew out the Thunder like 128,000 to 32. Yep. And uh, they actually looked really good. So since we do this like once a week, we actually have, we have like a more perspective on the way that preseason has gone since we have, I think there's been two. It's not an overreaction. Games. Yeah. Because I think after every game, you know, you kind of, we overreacted to everything, but now after kind of seeing things form over the past few games, it's kind of cool to have this, this nice picture of it. And I got to say uh, last night, uh, they the Mavericks looked. It was still a preseason game, but they looked like an actual team. I mean, they looked like they came together as a team, and and there were some things that weren't pretty, which we'll talk about. But just to see them on the court and the way that they communicated and their their chemistry, um, they looked like they were coming together as people. I mean, not just as basketball players learning to play together, but just as people they seem to really form a chemistry on the court. It was cool to see. Yeah, I think the the injuries to Dorian and to Jalen kind of required them to have to shorten the lineups a little bit, which was nice because you didn't have, like, you know, with everybody healthy, they're running 50 different people out there yeah. at any given moment in the game. So there's really no cohesiveness. Nobody really knows what they're doing because they don't know who they're playing with. And because of the injuries, I think it allowed them to shorten that lineup a little bit so that way they could have some cohesiveness. I know he's not going to start at the wing, but I did like Courtney Lee yeah, as the starter. Well. He played like he wants to get minutes. Well, the thing with Courtney Lee is that he has been a starter his whole career, really, for the most part. And so he knows how to play basketball. He He may not be able to take a guy off the dribble or, you know, whatever, go 10 for 10 for the three-point line. But if he gets an open shot, he'll shoot it. If he doesn't, he makes the right play. And his defense, is it a downgrade compared to Dorian and Justin Jackson? Well, it depends I, on who you talk to. Yeah. But, and, and also the matchup. I mean, the fact is those guys are just taller and bigger. So depending on the matchup, yeah, mm-hmm. it might be a downgrade. But you were talking about how he makes the right play. Mm-hmm. And that was one thing that I noticed in the game in general. And, and we were talking about With it. all the players. Yeah. Well, the, well, not just, um, but specifically the, the guys that played 
is um, they were guys that always made the right play. And I've, I've noticed this a lot in preseason that a guy will get like a wide open three and not shoot it. Mm-hmm. Or he'll, he'll pump get, fake it. yeah, he'll, the defense will close out and he'll pump fake, but then he doesn't use the pump fake. He, he dribbles and just kind of keeps on dribbling around in the lane. And I don't mean just one particular player, but I've seen that a lot from the whole team. Whereas last night, the guys that were on the court, they were decisive. I mean, guys like Curry got minutes and Courtney Lee and, and DeLon Wright was more aggressive. They would pump fake and then make the right move and they made the right pass. And that's kind of like what I was talking about of seeing them come together like a team. Like they didn't always get a good shot or didn't always go in, but that kind of ball movement is important. Yeah, they had open shots all over the court. Yeah. I mean, Particularly almost... Particularly Porzingis. Yeah. Yes, Porzingis. Like every shot was wide open. You know, and he's even commented on that the last couple of games, how he's kind of surprised how open he is because it seems like every shot... He shot like 21 times. Yeah. And I think four of them were contested. The other 17 were just wide open jumpers. And he missed them, but... Yeah, but you feel rust. good about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and I thought he kicked off some of that rust in the second half or towards the end of the first half and into the second half. Um, so if he continues to get open shots like that, then, you know, Mavericks are going to score 120, 130 points a game. Yeah, it's like, I know it's preseason, so you never really know about the defense, but if... Like if Porzingis is the one getting those wide open shots, I mean that's doesn't like, matter how good your defense good is. Offense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if it's it's one thing if it's you know Curry or Delon Wright or whoever, but if it's Porzingis that's yep. at the end of that, that's a good play. When you got to ask yourself, let's say a team decides to focus on Porzingis, mm-hmm. what are they doing when they do that? They leave Luca. Yeah, and so it's like okay, fine. Then Luca's just going to get a wide open layup. So really, that one two punch. You know they can't run it every play, yeah. Every game, but crunch time minutes. Whenever game the game's on the line, last three minutes, I, I see a lot of Luca and Porzingis pick and roll, and it just th- puts the defense so off balance. So even if they find a way to crowd those two guys, that just means two people are wide open. Yeah, and Porzingis is so good at getting to the spot. Mm-hmm. So he, and he's so tall; it's an easy target. Yeah, to pass whether it to. it's like a pick and roll or a pick and pop, particularly on pick and pops, he just he always gets to the open spot in the defense. And it's crazy because there really should never be an open spot in that kind of play, but he always manages to find it. And then Luca, being who he is, always finds Porzingis yeah. when he gets there. And so. even even Delon has found him a couple of times on a yeah. pick and roll or. or when Delon drove it to the lane, Porzingis just happens to be where the open shot is, and I, that's the sign. You know, you and I have talked about that. You don't, you can't just be a good shooter in the league. You have to be able to know where to go. And like yeah. Clay Thompson, one of the best catch and shoot threes. You would think, well, just never leave him open. Simple. He's always open. Yes, he's he always, always gets to the right spot. Exactly. He always knows where to go, and it looks like Porzingis is going to be that that way too. Which means he's always going to get open shots. It's always going to put pressure on the defense. Yeah, I um, you know, you were talking about Dorian Finney-Smith, how he didn't play, and of course, everybody knows we're not very high on Dorian Finney-Smith. And it was to see a game without him. I know it's preseason, but I didn't really miss him. No, I, I don't think they missed him. I, I like. I just feel safer with Courtney Lee in the starting lineup because I know he's done that before. You mean like forever going yes. forward? Yeah, oh, yeah. Because like I don't think... season you think you should start? Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I don't think Courtney Lee's the answer to all their problems, yeah. but I just feel like 
for what Courtney Lee, Justin Jackson, if it's between Courtney Lee, Justin Jackson, and Dorian Finney-Smith. Well, yeah. that's If it's between those three, I think you got to go with with Courtney Lee and people are going to, Oh my God, Dorian Finney, he's a bulldog. You know, <laughs> cause that's how people think Dorian Finney Smith is this bulldog on defense. I wish we could have showed your face. <laughs> he's okay on defense. Is Courtney Lee that much of a drop off on defense? His whole career, he was a, a three, a defensive minded guy. That's why he got minutes. And then also because he made the right play. So if he's out there to just be your Andre Iguodala, so to speak, then I'd rather have him out there than that relying on Dorian Finney-Smith or Justin yeah. Jackson in crunch time minutes. Yeah, and I think also, you know, Justin Jackson got a lot of minutes. And I saw the same thing that we talked about in our, I think our last pod was that, I mean, he's not great. I mean, best case scenario, neither one of them are playing. But he has more skill than Finney-Smith. Like, he can, like, pump fake and drive, or he can make the right pass, or he can get the ball and make a, an easy play for a shot. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not going to rely on him. He's not a very good player. Like Sacramento gave him up. Yeah. That's got to tell you something. But even just that, he is a little more skilled than Finney Smith. Well, if Finney Smith could consistently hit his three-point shot, yeah. then the starting position would be his, because he is the better defender of all three of them, but he just cannot shoot it consistently Sometimes he'll he'll go four for five in a game, but then he'll have a 20-game drop where yeah. he goes one for 25 or something, and he just can't get any of them to fall. If he made those consistently, this wouldn't be a discussion. I do think it is clear, though, that the Mavericks' weakest position is that fifth starter. Oh, yeah, definitely. Is that wing player yeah. because you're going against Paul George and Kawhi and LeBron and, and James Harden, Giannis, I guess. I mean, well, you you may face Giannis, yeah, yeah a couple Smith times. Giannis, yeah. and he got destroyed. Yeah. You know, like literally, it was like he wasn't even there. Yeah, I would have rather have seen Porzingis on Giannis because at least you can have some size. Yeah, because he's not going to shoot it enough or too many times from outside. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I think that's their weakest spot. Personally, I'm a fan of Courtney Lee. I'm not a fan of of Dorian Finney Smith. Now, I would prefer that fifth starter to be Tim Hardaway. Hmm. But I understand you can't, you got to have somebody to guard Kawhi, Paul George, LeBron, yeah. all these wings that are, are in the West. But my preference would be Tim Hardaway. Yeah. I um, I don't know. I, I think there's some things that I guess they still have to figure out, but after seeing these what three or four games, I mean, to me, in my opinion, I think Justin Jackson has earned the minutes over Dorian Dorian, Finney-Smith. I think that has, I mean, in my eyes, it's been settled. Um, The other thing that has to be settled is just the fifth starter. And I I guess maybe that means that Justin Jackson is the fifth starter, but I guess that's kind of one thing that still needs to be settled. And then the other thing that you brought up that has to be settled, which will probably take the full season, well, first 20 games, is um, the log jam at guard. Yeah. Because they have Curry, Brunson, Berea, DeLon, DeLon Wright, Wright, Tim Hardaway. Tim Hardaway. And all those guys really play that one position. Like mm-hmm. Curry and Berea can play the one. Um, DeLon Wright could, but really, I think they're best suited. F- well, I guess both. Yeah, they could play on or off the ball. But still, that's a lot of players for just one or two positions. Yeah. Well, the difference is it, it'd be different if two of them were starting and then two of them were coming off the bench. Yeah. But you also have Luka. 
Yeah. You know, who's really... Who's going to get 30 plus minutes, yeah. 35. And- so your, your backups, I mean, how far deep do you go down? Now, I would assume then Tim Hardaway, because of his size, he can move to a wing player and you can play him with JJ and Seth, which I actually really like that as a backup unit. But Jalen, I don't want Jalen yeah. not to get minutes. I feel like Jalen has earned... His minutes. So, do you take minutes away from JJ or Seth or Delon? Yeah, I mean, because it's like Brunson and Berea are kind of the same, the same players, yeah. so you but, can't really play them together. I don't think. And at this point, you would say, without knowing for certainty how Jalen's going to adjust in his second season, but JJ's probably the better player at what they do. Yeah. Um, and do you not give minutes to JJ? I mean, when JJ's on. Yeah. There's no stopping him. Yeah. So, and having that as a second unit, JJ, Seth, and Tim Hardaway, that's a really good second unit. Yeah, they had a unit on the court against the Thunder that I we hadn't seen before. I think it was Hardaway and Courtney Lee, and I can't. I, it must have been Luca, but it was more effective than we thought it would be. I probably that might not actually be the lineup, but just kind of playing with the lineups, probably because he's seen the same problem you have. Like we have all these guards mm-hmm. who fits together, and it's that's one thing that needs to get settled. Well, somebody's minutes are going to go away, yeah. And uh, the question is who, and <laughs> I feel bad for Rick Carlisle <laughs> because he has suicide, you know, yeah. And it's like he's in a lose lose because anybody that he decides not to give minutes to. Everybody's going to be throwing it. How come Jalen's not playing? <laughs> you know, they're going to throw a hissy fit. Yeah. And uh, it's like, there's nothing he can do about it. There's just, yeah. there's too many players. Yeah. So that's one thing. I mean, there's so much that needs to be settled and there's only one game left. So a lot of this is going to run into this season. I think there was a debate between Finney Smith and Justin Jackson. I would like to think that that's been settled. Um, there's still a debate of the fifth starter and maybe Carlisle is still trying to figure that figure, out. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then just, yeah, this many guards, that's probably going to shake out through the start of the season. One thing that I wanted to talk about was um, the number of three-pointers they're shooting because Carlisle talked about how they didn't necessarily want to just shoot a bunch of three-pointers. They wanted to get good looks. Yes. But the purpose of the offense was for those good looks to be three-pointers. And so when he said that, I kind of like made a middle, mental note and started paying attention to it to see – okay, are these good looks? Um, Does it make sense to shoot these threes? So far in preseason, I mean, I know it's preseason, but it hasn't been great. So they've taken so far 175 three-pointers, and they've made 55 of them. That's 31%. Yeah, but a lot of that's garbage time. Yeah. With, you know, guys that aren't even on the team anymore. And also, you know, you got to keep in mind, like, Porzingis isn't shooting well. He's... Seven for 25, that's 28%. So if he makes a few of those, the team rate goes up. But they're shooting over 43 three-pointers per game. Last year, they shot uh, just over 36. So that's a pretty significant increase. And my concern with it is two things. One, I don't think they have the shooters to be like, we just want to launch a ton of threes per game. I mean, Luca and Porzingis, yes. And then you've got Curry, depending on how many minutes he plays. And then, you know, Brunson can and, and Berea can, but it's not like they have a team where it's like, oh yeah, we need to shoot 53s a game. So that kind of concerns me. And then the second thing is that 
like I said, how they the ball gets to them and they get this open three, but then the defense closes out, so they use a pump fake. But then because they're so concerned with either a three or a layup, they won't just pull up for like a wide open jumper in the mid-range. And I feel like it's hurting the offense at this point more than helping it. One more point. And that might just be because they need to figure it out, like how to make that work. But so far what I've seen, I'm not like crazy about this overemphasis on three-pointers. Yeah, I think it's also the personnel that they have. I mean, yeah. if they're open threes, you got to shoot them. Yeah. And But, it, but they're not, even then, they're but, not... So if they're okay, so if their offense was designed to get open mid range jumpers, who's going to shoot them? What do you mean? It's the same players. Oh, right. So yeah. it, whether they're shooting a mid range or a three, they're going to be shooting the same percentage because Dorian Finney Smith can't really shoot the ball. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, DeLon Wright's not a jump shooter. Yeah. Uh, Justin Jackson. So it's like to me, if I'm going to have, th- if that guy has to shoot the ball, You'd rather I'd rather him to shoot a three than a mid-range jumper. Even though the percentage is probably higher on a, obviously a two-pointer. Well, they say you have to shoot 33% from three, and that is equivalent to 50% from two. Ain't yeah. none of those guys shooting 50% <laughs> mid-range jumpers. That's like yeah. legendary level. That's Dirk level mid-range yeah. is 50%. Yeah. So, you know, they have to shoot the threes. Unfortunately, they don't have great guys, to shoot threes, but whether they are great or not great, the three has to be the shot that they shoot. Yeah, and that was one thing I thought about when I was like working through this in my head. I was like, okay, I remember that how you pointed that out that points per possession are higher, obviously, on a three pointer. But even if you shoot a what most would consider a low percentage from the three point line, it's still better than shooting a a high percentage on Mm -hmm. twos just because a three is like obviously worth more points. And so I was like, okay, so even if these guys aren't shooting 40% on the three pointers, it's still better because when it does go in, it gets them more points and they're not great shooters anyway. Well, and it's, I mean, what option do you have? Even to me, the offense is fine. The style is fine. They just don't have the personnel. Yeah. And And that's, no matter what offense yeah. they ran, they just don't have because outside of Luca, they're just not yeah, very good. Exactly the other the role players. So yeah. if you had Clay Thompson out there, or Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh as your other two guys, then it'd be a different story. Then it didn't matter what offense you ran because it would be good shots. Yeah, and that was kind of the conclusion I came to was kind of a combination that one. You know, a three-pointer is worth more points per possession, even if you shoot a less than um, average percentage. And they don't have good players anyways. So, mm-hmm. you know, these guys probably make or miss. It's the same, whether it's a three or a two, unless it's a layup. And so at least with a three, you get more points. And you think about Carlisle's offense. Imagine if they did have a bunch of three-point shooters. Yeah. It would be unstoppable because he always yeah. gets open threes. Well, like Porzingis. Yeah. He's the best three-point shooter and he gets the most open and threes. And yeah. when they start dropping, then the, the team's overall percentage is going to go because he's going to be shooting a lot yeah. of them. So I want to read um, Luca and Porzingis' stats so far. I know it's preseason, but it's interesting. So Luca so far is averaging 26 minutes a game. He's uh, averaging 22.3 points. rebounds and four and a half assists. I mean, the assists are low mostly because 
nobody can make a shot. Shots, yeah. yeah, but <laughs> even Porzingis. I yeah. Mean, yeah, 22 points and eight rebounds in, in 26, 26 minutes. So I was thinking about that last night on the way home from the game. No, he's shooting 41 percent overall, but yeah, yeah, anyway. yeah. Uh, well, in the first game he played, he was terrible, and I think that's probably yeah. why. But I was thinking about that on the way home. Is he's going to average like 27, 28 points a game this year. Because I, mean, I guess so. I mean, he's going into the fourth. He's not playing the fourth, but he yeah. already has 20 points. Yeah, he's got his points. Yeah, and and he hasn't played the fourth yet, and he's already at 20 at least. I mean, yeah. against the Bucks, he had 27. He played the fourth. He probably had 35, 37 yeah. points that game. So he's going to average 20. And, and his free throws are going in. Yeah, you know, lately, except and if, for the one game, but yeah, other than that, yeah. yeah. And if his free throws go in on a regular basis, yeah, he's going to be around 27, 28 points a game. Yeah, I mean, um, and Porzingis is going to be around 21, 22 because he's getting wide open shots, yeah. you know. And well, he, and sorry, not to right. right now, he's he's just a spot up shooter, but Porzingis is way more than that. We haven't seen much of what else Porzingis can do because they're just trying to work him into a basketball game, but when he gets fully going. Not only can he shoot, but he can put the ball on the floor. He can pull up off the dribble. He can do a crossover dribble, pull up like we saw against uh, Andre Drummond. Yeah. So there's so much of Porzingis' offense that we haven't seen yet. So he he's probably going to average over 20 points a game too. Yeah, and we saw more of that in this last game against the Thunder of him being aggressive mm-hmm. and driving it and posting up. And so that was good to see. I think he's kind of shaking off the rust, but there's still – a ways to go because his yeah. shot isn't going. How's in. his preseason been? So he is uh, playing 23 minutes a game. He's scoring. Here's his averages: 15.3 points, 8.3 rebounds, and 0.6 blocks. He's shooting 34 and a half percent overall, 28 percent on threes. Mm-hmm. So it's but you know when you watch the games, you can see the shots are wide open. His movement is good. He gets more aggressive every game. The shots are barely off. They're just off. not going in. Yeah. Yeah. And they're they're bare, like in and out. Yeah. Uh, just barely short. No, so I, he could be at, you know, at 15.3 points, he could be at 20 if he I think drops he's, a couple of I think these. he's going to drop over 20 a game. I mean, if it's any indication how the season is going to go, the way this preseason, where he's just wide, wide open, open jumper yeah. after wide open, <laughs> now, he's going to average yeah. over 20 a game easily. I mean, it's preseason, so... You never know, like defenses. They're probably not trying a whole lot, but I mean yeah. that's the the benefit though it's of been having a trend. Though I'll say that, yeah, and yeah. that's the benefit of and what makes the Mavericks duo so more so much more unique than these rest of these duos. Maybe they fit. They fit, and and you could probably make the argument with LeBron and Davis. Anthony Davis is mm-hmm. a really similar style because they complement each other so yeah. well. But like, you can't just put two lockdown wings on them. They run pick and roll, and that always throws the defense off balance, if even just a little bit. And yeah. because they work together so much, they're going to be really hard to stop. Yeah, they. I mean, so first of all, they fit together really well, mm-hmm. and second of all, they're both really good. Yes, and that's the thing. It's like watching Luca. Porzingis has had to shake off the rust, but you can see the potential. But watching Luca from the very first game preseason game, it's like. He just, he's just so good. Yeah. It was like he just got out there and, and I, started dominating again. When he's in, interested, I don't think he's been interested, but for he about 12 stretches. minutes yeah. of the whole preseason. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, that's not a problem for him no. during the regular season, but I think because it's preseason, he's been doing a lot of he's laughing. He's just having fun. Yeah. Um, but against the Bucks, you saw he was focused and he was unstoppable. Yeah. You know, and, and they, the Bucks are a really good defensive team and they have a lot of wing defenders. 
all he did was just step out even further and just shoot it from yeah. half court, basically. Yeah, it's you know it's interesting. Like seeing Luca average twenty two. We were talking about how in Carlisle's offense, no one really gets a ton of shots. Um, like Dirk, I think the most he averaged was maybe twenty four, twenty five. Twenty three points a game was his highest. Yeah. And that well, was, well, not with Carlisle. That was yeah. 2011 championship and afterward. Yeah. And that was Dirk, one of the all-time greats. Like, he had to be super efficient to get those points because he didn't get a lot of shots. And so we always said, like, Luca is never really going to average a ton of points because of Carlisle's system. But to see him already averaging 22 in only 26 minutes, yeah. I mean, it seems like he could you totally can't. average 25. Oh, I, I mean, or yes. more, but yeah, no, we'll I, see. I think uh, you can't not have him have the ball. Yeah, like he's so good with the basketball, making plays or making shots or getting to the free throw line. You can't take the ball away from him. But like, the beauty of it is that he can play without the ball. Oh too. yeah, like yeah, as yeah. much as it's not like Carmelo where he was so good with the ball but he also sucked without it. So it's like, well, he has to have the ball, but he's good with it, but he has to. With Luca, it's like, I want him to have the ball, but it's nice that he doesn't have to have it in order to be effective. Yeah. No, he, he I think he's going to average uh, nearly 27, 28 a game just because especially, really, it's contingent on his free throw shooting and his overall field goal percent shooting. Yeah. If he's around 44, 45% from the field, 35% from three, course that's james harden-esque numbers yeah that's what he averages yeah. but if he did that yeah he's going to be around 30 points a game so he's like i said he's shooting 41 percent overall but he's actually shooting just about 41 percent on his three pointers too yeah he's nine for 22 um so yeah he's been i, I don't mean, think, honestly he's been great like and i don't think the mavericks as a team really give a crap about his field goal percentage because when it matters he makes it goes in. Yeah. yeah. And you have games against the Hornets where you're up by 10. You know, he can't get anything and he to jacks drop. Up a couple yeah. From the logo. Yeah. Just like, because, what whatever. Yeah. But when it's against, you know, the Spurs or something, then he comes to play. Yeah. So um, talking about Porzingis, how he's at his numbers, 15 and eight. So my, I don't know if these, I'll say my stat predictions for the year based on the data that we ran in that article where we looked at the 69 players who had torn their ACL. So the final stat prediction based on players that had, that were age 25 or younger, you know, kind of close to Porzingis, they, uh, his predictions would be 18 points, a little over five and a half rebounds and two blocks. He's already, already averaging more rebounds. The 18 points. I think that's contingent right now. He's at 15. I think it's contingent on how quickly his shot drops. Because if it takes him a couple months or the whole season to find his rhythm, I uh, think 18 or 19... I mean, it's unlikely. I, yeah, I get yeah, that. Yeah. But I'm just saying 18 or 19 might not be too far off from what he does. Yeah. So whenever we looked at that number, I'm more looking at the player's second season back from injury. Yeah. And I feel like in the second season, they typically were fine. They moved yeah, especially on. especially the young ones. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing with Porzingis right now is just shaking off the speed, of the rust, the mm -hmm. speed of the game, and all those things, which I thought in the end of the, the first half and into the second half of the game last night against the uh, Thunder, I thought I saw him kind of shake that off a little bit, mm -hmm. and he started to look in a little bit better. So I imagine that he won't have yeah. too much problems coming back. 
Yeah, he looked um he looked pretty good. We so we were at the game. He on missed Monday a lot night. of shots, but yeah. he looked good. Um yeah, we went to the game on Monday night, which basically means that we're like credentialed reporters pretty yeah, much. Right. We I paid mean, for those tickets. <laughs> we saw we saw the guys in person from like a yes. hundred feet away. Yep. So we can attest to mm-hmm. to, to this. pictures and everything. Yeah. Um, Porzingis is huge. Mar- uh, uh, Marjanovic. Yeah, Marjanovic is huge. But also, it it was cool to see them um, interact on the court. And this kind of goes back to like what we were talking about earlier, how they actually looked like a team. So seeing them interact and being able to hear them communicate on defense, um, seeing Luca and DeLon Wright, the way that they communicated, and just seeing everyone as people, the chemistry, that it was... To me, it was prompt. Like, it was a good uh-huh. sign. I liked seeing that because it wasn't always pretty, but not because they're not good or they don't fit. It's just because they're kind of figuring it out together. But for a while, there were stretches where you could see that they really, they were all kind of connected mentally. Mm-hmm. You saw good stretches. Yeah, I thought they looked fine. Um, and I thought Porzingis looked good. And there was a couple of times, I know he had one block that ended up turning into a dunk anyways because it, ricocheted off the the goal but there was a couple of drives where you saw his potential defensively when they drove it in he didn't get the block but he really impacted the player's shot and tall so they forced them to now maybe if it's a better player that goes in if that's chris paul maybe it goes in but it didn't so and it looked like that he impacted it he had a lot of rebounds one thing that helped with that, Stephen Adams was it out, was out. True, but I didn't really care. I was happy to see him going for them, like feeling yeah. confident enough in his legs and his ability to get a rebound. That's I think what the biggest difference was with him is that he looked more confident running around. Yeah, yeah, more sure of himself. There was a couple, or maybe just one moment where he fell. Oh my! Down, Every time he falls, was like, <laughs> holding the breath. Yeah, yeah, it was a, uh, it was scary, but. They look like they're slowly coming together, and they only have one preseason game left, so I think this is going to flow into the start of the regular season. But at least, to me, I'm seeing progress, and that's based on just watching the games, but they look a little better. Yeah, and Thursday's game's supposed to be a dress rehearsal, so we'll see a little bit more of a refined lineup. Yeah, minus Dwight Powell and if Smith and Brunson I mean, you still have injuries, but... You'll see the starters play into the fourth, okay, hopefully, yeah. um, and then you know we'll we'll see how it goes. And it's against the Clippers. Let's hope they they do the same, do it as a dress rehearsal, yeah. or it'll be kind of a letdown. Yeah. But we'll, we'll see how they how they look. But I think uh, on that game they're going to look a lot better. Yeah, they're um, they're coming together. I think there's still some things to figure out with the lineup, but some to me I've seen signs of. Like if I if I were in charge of how I make the decision, but um, also the rosters coming together. So today, Matthias and who else got waived? Eric uh, Holman. Eric Holman got waived. Um, Uday already got waived. So that leaves Josh Reeves and Antonius Cleveland. I'm pretty sure Josh Reeves is going to get well, that spot. Somebody was saying, and we have to look it up, but you can have a total of 15 players and then two two way players. Oh, okay. And the two way players G-League. can be in the G League. Yeah. And so they might both. Between Isaiah Roby, Josh Reeves, and Antonius Cleveland, two of those guys are going to be in the G League. One of them will stay with the team. My pick is yeah. Josh Reeves is going to stay with the team. Isaiah Roby and Antonius Cleveland will go to the G League. Yeah. Josh Reeves has looked good. Like, yeah. 
a lot of people we were talking about this earlier a lot of people are really high on him me like as a fan i'm not but just watching him as a basketball player he's actually got some skill he, i mean he's okay to me he just looks like he belongs on a basketball yeah. court he doesn't look scared team. he doesn't look like he doesn't know what to do he's not out of control he just he that, plays well i think he played four years in college oh, okay. so, so that yeah. probably helps a lot he's not a 19 year old like isaiah roby <laughs> i don't yeah. know if, how old isaiah roby is but typically these Something these like rookies that. that aren't stars they look completely overwhelmed by yeah. the game yeah i mean of all of the random guys that they've brought in over the years he might actually turn into something yeah i remember um ricky lito <laughs> yi jian liang Jared Cunningham, they drafted. But, I mean, guys like that. Dojo. Josh, yeah. Well, he somehow yeah, yeah, was on the team for like four years. But well, in the last two years, we had Daryl Macon. Daryl Macon. Like, yeah. So, like, of all these guys that they've brought in that like maybe will make the team or not make the team, Josh Reeves actually looks kind of decent. Yeah. Like, he's probably he's the a, best he, one. He's very disruptive on the defensive end. Yeah. He which has moments. It's perfect because... You know, if you're going to play off the ball off Luca, you got to be able to defend the point guards. True. So yeah. he might turn into a, a lockdown defender for them. Interesting. But yeah, um, so their last game, their last preseason game is Thursday. It's against the Clippers. Yep. Um, and so that'll be good. And then we'll go into the season against the Wizards. I'm excited. Like, okay, final, now that you've seen the preseason, we at one point predicted like 50 wins or more. <laughs> now that you've actually seen them play for like, we'll do a, like a 10th time uh, win prediction. What would you say? Well, plus minus what? 45 and a half. Oh, you mean what's the over under? Yeah. I think it was 42. What's yours? Oh, yeah, mine. Yeah. Oh, okay. So my guess for wins is 45. That's, that's where I'm at right now. I mean, that would be a good year for this team. Yeah. I think they're going to be I don't know, over 40, that. Maybe 43 or 44. Uh, then you're going into mediocrity. I mean, it depends on, like we said in the last pod, it depends on if these guys make these open shots. I mean, KP is going to cause problems for the defense, and Luka is an amazing passer. But DeLon Wright and Curry and Hardaway, and you know, are they going to make these shots? Yeah, the thing is... You know, basically, this is last year. Well, no, I mean, last year, Luca had nobody yeah. that could make a shot. And having Porzingis this year, I mean, they Even could... Even just one guy. Yes, yeah. they could very well average 50 points a game just between the two of them. Wait, but hold on. He had Wesley Matthews last year who... They could very well average 50 <laughs> points a game, Porzingis and, and Luca. Yeah. Um, With this, just them two. And I yeah. do think... Delon looks like he's going to be an upgrade. Um, and then... Over who? <sighs> I guess... I, no, he's not... I don't know if he's better than Jalen. The, the only reason he's the starter is because of his size and defense. Yeah. And Jalen's 6'1". Mostly his size, because Brunson's yes. not a terrible defender. He's just he's small. Just, well, and, and he does get burned a little bit, but yeah, it's because yeah. he's small. Well, his legs are shorter, yeah. so he just... yeah. So... Because of that, I think he it's an it's an upgrade. Yeah, and I think Dwight Powell as a full time starter, especially now having another guy that's going to pop, it's going to open it up. Away, yeah, yeah. And you know, so I think they're going to be much better, way, way, way better than last year. And I'm still picking what I say originally forty eight wins. I I'm gonna remember. I'm gonna stick with forty eight. I I'll do I'll do forty four. 
I'll do 44. Um, yeah, so we're going to watch the game, and that'll be the last one. And then we'll see how it goes, and the season will be here. I'm actually very, very excited. Seems like forever. Yeah. Um, but that's it for the show. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, remember, you can catch all the new episodes on DallasHoopsCast.com. You can follow me on Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at DallasHoopsCast. I think that's it. Is there anything special you want to say, Marty, as no. your outro? No. You never give like a really special outro. All right, fine. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye.